so glad you could join us for mornings at YCVC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with Him. So let's get into the Word. I'm going to pray uh, and then we're going to jump into exploring God's Word together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Word. We thank you uh, that it is uh, useful for equipping us, for guiding us, for shaping us in every season of life. Mm, Heaven and earth may fade, seasons may change, things might uh, experience um, their seasons in life, but your word will remain forever. And so we thank you for your word this morning. We pray that we would be shaped by it, we would be equipped by it, we'd be refreshed by it. I pray that we'd be given hope and direction through your word this morning. And so, Father, shape my words as I speak. I pray that everything that is of you for us, this church, would uh, find uh, fertile um, soil in our hearts and minds. And anything that's not of you, I pray, would blow away as chaff um, and not find any purchase in our lives this morning. Yeah, we pray that your spirit would speak. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, So we are... uh, Over this, we began a few weeks ago and we're exploring a four-week series called Navigating Change. And so uh, this is a series of lessons on uh, transition from Noah's story. And so we began in week one by talking about preparation, uh, how God prepares us for change. Sometimes we know the change is coming, sometimes it's like Noah's story and God says, things are going to change, here's how you're going to get ready. Uh, Sometimes we're not... uh, mentally prepared for change. We didn't know it was coming, but we can trust that God has been preparing us because he knew it was coming. We can trust that God prepares us for change. Uh, And then last week we talked about that critical moment of change, that moment when it actually happens. Uh, And and so last week we talked about surviving the storm because Noah's uh, family and all of these animals experienced this 40-day deluge on the ark. And that's what it can feel like at times when we're in the midst of, of change, especially that, that moment of change where things uh, switch from what they were to what uh, they're going to be and there's that space in between. It can feel like a storm. And, and so I do, uh, we've prayed about it a lot this morning, I do ask you to pray for my family and myself as we experience a change in our life. As I, you know, I've, I've picked up this new role and I've been carrying both uh, this year and, and so it's going to be a bit... Um, yeah, finally finishing up in the life of the church. And so I do ask that you pray for that because it is a bit of a storm at the moment. Uh, things are happening, old things are getting uh, brought up and, um, and, I, and I ask that you pray for our church, for our elders especially who, who seem to be in the midst of a storm uh, in their lives at the moment. That, uh, and as someone uh, very wise uh, said to me uh, this week, it was Crystal, um, <clears throat> that God doesn't want this to go... Uh, sorry, God does. The enemy doesn't want this to go easy for our church. He wants to kind of cause as much damage in the midst of this turbulent time. And so I really encourage you to pray. Uh, And then what we talked about last week, that in the midst of that storm, as Noah did, as he got on the ark, we need to get on board with what God has prepared for us to endure the storm. And so for the church, I strongly believe that is simply the community of the church, that we get on board with it, that that we stick together in this season of change. Uh, And also that we know that God is with us in the storm. 
We looked at that story of Jesus on the, on, uh, sleeping on the boat with his disciples in the midst of the storm, that he embodied that peace, but he's also the Lord of the storm, Lord over the storm. And so we can know that if Jesus is with us, if Jesus is with the church, if Jesus is with us as we experience different uh, seasons of change in our life, we can trust that we won't sink. Or even if we do sink, that somehow it will be okay. And that's what I said last week, that even if the disciples' boat was shattered in the storm and sank to the bottom, because Jesus was with them, somehow even that would be okay. And so we have preparation, we have that that critical moment. And this week I want to talk about uh, beware the drifting. Um, so if you pop that, if it worked this morning, I threw this at Miriam and Neil late, so I'm not sure. Uh, so this week, uh, someone said to me, is this what you mean? Um, there was Crystal again, um, uh, that she said, well, I've got a husband who um, is a car guy, and so this is what I thought about when you said, beware the drifting. Uh, but it's not that kind of drifting. Uh, I mean, I think you need to be careful if you're doing that, um, especially you know, in, in an expensive vehicle. The Corvette and Monaro owners in our church family need to be, beware the drifting. Uh, but that's not what I'm talking about this morning. Hopefully the other image worked as well. It does look fun. This is the kind of drifting we're talking about, which can often be a lot less fun. Uh, that just what feels like just drifting, like floating aimlessly between what was and what will be. There's preparation, there's that that critical moment of change and then often in in a change there's drifting. It's the, the quiet after the storm. And I say beware the drifting because often it's the drifting that can sink you. The, 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 the storm can be scary But it's a high energy moment, it's a high adrenaline moment and God's created our bodies in such a way that we can rise to a moment of of kind of high need for energy and focus and we've got our body shaped to be able to do that. But often it's the quiet afterwards that can sink us. We've kind of experienced that through COVID. Initially we were like, we can do this, we can get through this, we can lock down. And then, as that's gone on for years, we're like, that drifting that can sink you. Um, over the last few weeks, I've shared an example of a, of a change. Uh, my family's own move from Sydney about eight years ago when we moved to, to Yass and I took on the role of pastoring the church, that there was preparation for that. We had to get prepared for that move. Last week, we talked about how there's that, that actual moment we get in the car and, and drive here. Um, and so that, that actual change in the externals happens in a day, but, but there was still a period of drifting after that, that kind of high emotion moment of, of, yes, we lived here, but there's that period of time before this was home. You know, we were new to this place and friends were all in Sydney or elsewhere. And, and so over time, though, there's that, that space where eventually there's a new day and this feels like home. And, and you know, I was in the, in the place of where you know, I'm asked to take on this new role with the Baptist Association. And I say, well, but as long as I don't have to leave, yes, because that's home. And, and so, but that took time. There was a, a drifting where you're caught between you've left your old life and you're not yet fully feeling at home in the new one. And, and so the, the drifting period might look different for, for different kinds of change in our life, but there often is this period of just of drifting. In almost any change, there, there can be and usually is a time of drifting between what was and what will be. 
See, the thing is, change isn't over when the rain stops falling. Uh, Noah's storm that he experienced, or the storm that God sent upon the earth, lasted 40 days and 40 nights, which is, you know, that's a pretty long storm. We kind of get over the rain substantially sooner than 40 days. But Noah's story shows that it's not over when the rain stops falling. In verse uh, 24 of chapter 7 that Tony read for us, it says, The waters flooded the earth for 150 days. And then if we jump through to chapter 8, verses 13 to 14, we're told, By the first day of the first month of Noah's 601st year, the waters had dried up from the earth. Noah then removed the covering from the ark and saw that the surface of the, the ground was dry. By, 20, by the 27th day of the second month, the earth was completely dry. And so if we add up all the time through that story, and I haven't read through it all again, but if we add up all the time in that story, uh, you know, Bible scholars argue about some senseless things at times, and so there's an argument about was it a day short of a year or was it 370 days that Noah was in the ark? And I'm like... Close enough. But it was about a year that uh, Noah and his family were in the ark. So there was a storm for 40 days and the water flooded the earth, but, but after that they spent just under 11 more months drifting, or even, you know, if we include that time where they were kind of wedged on the Mount Ararat, but still in the ark. There's a lot more drifting than there was storm. And so that's usually true of our, our change process our transitions in life usually there's a lot more drifting than storm the change can happen in a moment you used to live in sydney now you live in yas but it takes longer before yas is home you used to have this job now you have that job but it takes longer than that day usually to feel like yeah this is where i am and what's home what's my calling And so for the church, when we're thinking about drifting, there'll come a day uh, in a few weeks' time when I'm no longer the pastor of the church, but there'll be this space between pastors which we, the church needs to be aware of, that we don't allow the drifting to sink us. And even whilst the new, once that we know who the new pastor is and, and once they're established, there'll still be this time where they need to get established in their role. And so I want to, I guess, warn this morning, but also encourage and give hope. So I want to talk about some of the things we need to be aware of in drifting. And if you're going through a different kind of period of change in your life, or I can, you know, I don't want to be doom and gloom, but I can assure you that there will be future change to come in your life. Um, these are things to be aware of in that drifting. Sometimes the drifting time between what was and what will be can be a time where we lose hope. It can often be a time where we lose sen the sense of direction. Uh, Noah didn't take any um, kind of... God never said to build a rudder and put sails on the ark to navigate to anywhere. It was simply just drifting. And, and so... Between what was and, and what will be can sometimes seem like there's just a complete loss of direction. Sometimes we can get really impatient in the drifting. You know, it's not part of Noah's story, but, but maybe someone on that ark was tempted to, oh, I'm sick of this, I'm just going to swim for it. I'm just going to jump out and swim for it. And we can do silly things when we're impatient that can undermine what God is leading us to. Your world can shrink 
in the drifting. The, 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 the world was shrunk down, in a sense, to Noah and his family's experience to the size of the ark. I talked about this last week. What seemed like a giant vessel when they had all the land around it and it was just sitting on the ground would have seemed quite small once that was their entire world for a year. That can happen in the drifting as well. We can lose perspective of, of what God is doing all around us and the world around us as we narrow in on what's happening for us. Sometimes it can feel like God has forgotten us in this space between what was and what will be. We note in Noah's story that God spoke clearly in the beginning. He spoke clearly to Noah that it's time to get on the ark. But we don't hear God's voice recorded for Noah again until God says it's time to get off the ark. This time of drifting was one where God wasn't absent. But it may have felt like that on some days for Noah and his family. Has God forgotten us? And it can seem like a season, uh, this drifting season, like, are we making any progress? Is anything changing? Is anything happening? Or are we just sitting still, going nowhere? without purpose and so we need to beware the drifting but i believe in noah's story in this this moment of drifting which just seems like the space between the old world and the new world there's a lot that we can learn from this story to help us in our drifting and so what can we learn from noah's story the first thing i think we can uh, learn from noah's story that can help us in our times of drifting when we're between two things in a process of change is that God remembers. God remembers. In Genesis chapter 8, the first words are, but God remembered Noah. We're told that the water flooded the earth for 150 days and then God remembered Noah. Now, this is one of those kind of odd phrases that shows up in the Old Testament a bit, especially in Genesis, God remembered. Now, it doesn't mean that God forgot. If you've, if you've kind of tracked with, with us as a church for the last few weeks, at least, not that long ago, I preached on Mother's Day that God cannot forget his children. So it's not that God forgot. So what does it mean that he remembered? Well, in, in, in Genesis, especially and throughout the Old Testament, when, when God remembers, it's associated with purpose. God remembers why Noah and his family are in the ark. It wasn't just about flooding the earth to do away with the violence and evil and destruction that was happening. It was about a new hope and a new day. And so God remembered the purpose. God's purpose for Noah wasn't to drift on the water forever. There was an end point. There was a goal. And so that's true of us as well, that, that the purpose isn't the drifting. The purpose isn't the space between God does a lot in our lives and he'll do a lot in the life of this church, I believe, in the space between. But that's not the end point. That's not the goal. But God remembering is also about acting. God remembers and he acts. He remembers purpose and he remembers and he acts. It's not that he forgot, it's that he's bringing action into it. And so the fullness of Romans 8 verse 1 says, But God remembered Noah 
and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark, and he sent a wind over the earth, and the waters receded. So God sent a wind over the earth. He acted to change Noah's situation. The wind helps dry the water, and so the water receded. And now if I was Noah, and I'm, you know, I'm realising as I'm putting myself in Noah's shoes, and I did this a bit last week, I would have been a much grumpier person than Noah about this whole situation. That's just my lens. But if I was Noah, I'd be like, wind? The entire earth is flooded and you send wind. After 150 days, well, 190 days really, because there was 40 days of, of the earth flooding and then 150 days of the earth being flooded before this point, and God sends wind. I would have thought, couldn't you pull the plug, God? We want this to be over now. Wind is something that we, and this is cliche, we can't see, but we can feel and observe its effects. And so for wind to dry the waters from the earth would have been a very slow process. It was a very slow process. It took time. But it was slowly and it was surely that the wind dried up the earth. And so sometimes it can feel like that in our life, that we're, we're calling out and it feels like, God, I can't see what God's doing. But maybe he sent wind upon the earth to dry it up. And we might not really be able to see what he's doing, but if we keep our eyes open over time, we can observe what's happening. Hey, I think the water's starting to go down a little bit. God's, God remembers us. And, and, and so while the church is seeking who the, the, the pastor is going to be to lead the church in the next season, it might seem like not much is happening. Why hasn't he solved this already? I mean, that was my prayer. I, I when I concluded this role, wanted to know exactly who was going to be the pastor. That was all about, you know, me feeling better about that. So I'm like, why, God? But God has reminded me over the last few weeks that he's doing stuff. The wind is blowing. He's at work and we can see, I don't know what the answer is yet, but we can see that God is at work. He sent a wind. It might not be in our time, it might not be as quickly as we want it to be, but God is at work. When we're caught between spaces, when we're in drifting spaces in our life, between change, often it feels like, what are you doing, God? But Noah's story reminds us that even if what he's doing doesn't seem dramatic, we sing that song, don't we? Even if I can't see it, you're working. God remembers and he is at work doing a lot in that space between things. And wind is also symbolic, as we think about today being uh, Pentecost. Wind is also symbolic of the Holy Spirit in Scripture. In fact, the words for breath and breathe and wind um, in both uh, Hebrew and Greek, the two main languages that the scriptures were originally written in, uh, are synonymous. In Greek, it's pneuma, um, is spirit and also breath or wind. Um, I'll butcher this, but in Hebrew, it's uh, ruach, I think, um, which is, uh, again, wind and spirit. 
And so there's this kind of metaphorical sense here going back to creation where God, uh, the earth was formless and void, but the Spirit of the Lord hovered over the waters of the earth. This is happening again. There's a new creation in what God is doing between the the world that Noah said goodbye to and the world that he would see a new day in. The, The wind is over the earth drying it up, but we can also read that the Spirit is over the earth that this is God recreating, renewing, redoing. And so in this moment where it seems like God has been slow and not doing much, God is recreating, he's renewing, his spirit is hovering all over the earth. And I believe that's true of the church. I believe it's true in the midst of our seasons of change in life that when it seems like God is not doing much, his spirit is heavily at work, renewing, recreating, restoring hovering over every part of it. And so in the drifting, we need to remember that God remembers. He remembers our our purpose. He remembers the church. He remembers us as individuals, our purpose. It's not to be in this space between forever. And he takes action. In the drifting, God doesn't forget about us. He still has a plan. He still has a purpose for us. In the drifting, God is acting. His spirit is at work, even when we don't see it. We might want a quick resolution, but God is working things out in his time. So last week, um, we were talking about that that critical moment of change, uh, that it was important to be on board. It didn't turn out well for those who weren't on board the ark, and so I encouraged the church to be on board. Um, But in the drifting, the, the, the encouragement is to stay on board. To, to stay on the ark, as I joked, that there may have been a temptation to jump off and swim for it. And so my encouragement is that God hasn't forgotten. He remembers, stay on board. And so the first lesson we can learn uh, from this story in this drifting season is that God remembers. And the second uh, thing I, I want to encourage us in this season of, of drifting that is to come is to keep sending out a dove. In Genesis chapter 8, 6 to 12, to reread that portion, we're told that after 40 days, that's 40 days after the mountains became, top of the mountains became visible, uh, Noah opened a window he had made in the ark and sent out a raven. And it kept flying back and forth until the waters had dried up from the earth. Then he sent out a dove to see if the water had receded from the surface of the ground. But the dove could not find, that, sorry, the dove could find nowhere to perch because there was water all over all the surface of the earth. So it returned to Noah in the ark. He reached out his hand and took the dove and brought it back to himself in the ark. He waited seven more days and again sent out the dove from the ark. When the dove returned to him in the evening, there in its beak was a freshly plucked olive leaf. Then Noah knew that the water had receded from the earth. He waited seven more days and sent the dove out again, but this time it did not return to him. And so as the waters receded, Noah is not inactive. He's not just sitting and wait, waiting and being a grumpy pants like I might be. He keeps sending out birds to see if the land is dry. And so there's some logical order to this, apparently. Ravens are more mountaintop dwellers, uh, and so they're the, the, the most likely to first not come back because they're more likely to dwell up in the mountains, and a dove is more likely to dwell in lower lands. And so there's some logical sequence to this, apparently. 
But what I want us to grab is that Noah keeps sending out a dove to test the situation. He keeps testing the waters. He keeps inquiring of the situation. And so what does that mean for us in our drifting? My encouragement is that we keep testing the situation. We keep inquiring. And in this sense, we inquire of the Lord. Just like wind uh, in Scripture, the dove is also symbolic of the Holy Spirit. There's a, there's a spiritual metaphor happening here as well. We, we see in Jesus' baptism, we're told that the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. Uh, a dove is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And so I want to encourage us that in, in drifting seasons to keep testing, to keep inquiring, continuing to pray and seek the Lord in the drifting, to keep asking God, what are you doing? How long, Lord? When are we ready to leave the ark? We'll get to it next week, but Noah doesn't leave the ark until God tells him to. He doesn't jump the gun, but he's constantly sending out an inquiry. That might look practical, like it might look like literally a bird, and this is what it was for Noah, sending out a bird and going, huh, comes back, mustn't have found anywhere that it could land. Oh, it's got an olive leaf. Maybe things are drying up and starting to grow. Oh, it's not come back at all. We must be getting pretty dry here. It might look like, well, we're not, we're not quite sure those applicants were the ones to lead the church, so we're going to send out another opportunity for people to apply. It might look like that. But the encouragement here is to not just give up and sit and go, oh, nothing's going to happen. Keep praying. Keep sending out inquiries to the Lord. Keep praying and asking whether it's about the church, whether it's about your own season of change. Keep asking God, where are we at? How much longer? What does it look like? And also we, we see that Noah stretched out his arm and brought the dove back into the ark. It's, uh, in, you know, there's a literal thing happening here, but also metaphorical of, 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 of receiving what the Holy Spirit is saying. Listening taking note of what God is leading us in, in this drifting season. And so to put it in less metaphorical terms, my encouragement is to keep praying for the new pastor. Keep sending out a dove, keep, keep listening to what God is saying. And this is not just for the search team. Yes, keep praying for them, but, but all of the church, I encourage you to keep praying for the new pastor, keep praying for who that might be. Keep listening to what God is saying. And I'm sure the search team would love to. I felt like God's just saying this to me and just want to sow that to you. Keep praying, keep listening. Keep sending out a dove and listening to what the dove, the Holy Spirit is saying. And as I've already asked for, please continue to pray for myself and my family in this coming season because we'll be in a season of drifting. Uh, when I finish in this role, we will vacate the church so to speak we need to create that space uh, for the next pastor to come along and have that space we have obviously shared that you know our hope is um, if possible to continue to be members of the church but we need to leave that space for the next pastor to come we want their ministry to be successful and not feel like i'm sitting on their shoulder and so there will be a season between for us um, of not knowing and so We'll be sending out doves. Um, 
not literally, but in prayer, asking what God is leading us into. And so when it feels like you're in a season of drifting, remember that God remembers, that God is at work even when it doesn't seem like it. Keep sending out doves, keep praying, keep listening to what God is saying. And finally, I want to say cling to hope. Cling relentlessly to hope for the future. Verse 14, and I'm going to add 15 and 16 this morning to kind of touch into next week a little bit of chapter 8 of Genesis. By the 27th day of the second month, the earth was completely dry. Then God said to Noah, come out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring out every kind of living creature that is with you, the birds, the animals and the creatures that move along the ground so they can multiply on the earth and be fruitful and increase in number on it. I'm sure for Noah and his family and the goats and the donkeys and the camels on the ark, it would have seemed like that was their permanent existence forever. That life was now drifting on a wooden boat that I'm sure by that point stank. I don't know. There's a whole lot of supernatural stuff happening here, so maybe there's supernatural stuff around the odour that comes with that many animals, but I don't know, I'm sure... I know if you were on a boat just with me for that long, it would probably stink. So, and the situation probably, regardless of the actual odour, probably stank by the time they'd been on the boat for a year. And I'm sure they wondered, is this ever going to be over? Is there ever going to be a new day? And it can feel like that when we're in the midst of seasons of change in our life, that is there ever going to be a new day? Is this town ever going to feel like home? Is this new job ever going to feel comfortable? Am I ever going to get used to having children? No, you're not. But um, <laughs> cause just when you do, they turn into different people. But you get used to the idea of parents. Uh, am, are we ever going to be at home in the new day? And so in the drifting, we need to hold on to hope that the drifting will end, the new day will come, and we need to cling to hope for the future. And so as we conclude this series next week, I'm going to talk a, a bit more about what that new day might look like and what God's doing in the new day and things like that. But in the drifting, in the space between, I want to encourage you to cling enthusiastically to hope for the future, for your life and for this church. I'm extremely hopeful of what God is going to do in the future of this church. It was a difficult choice, as I've shared before, to finish up in this role and and, and some concerns, what's God going to do with the church? But I'm filled with hope for the future, that God is going to do great things in the life of this church. And so I want to encourage you to cling to hope. I'm an optimist, but I'm not encouraging to cling to optimism. Optimism is kind of like, oh, tomorrow there'll be an answer, tomorrow there'll be a solution. There's that story um, from the prisoners of war camps um, during the Second World War and um, a book of one of the survivors of that wrote and, and talking about what, what helped people survive. And, and, he, and he talked about hope. And he said, well, and who were the people that didn't make it? And he said, the optimist, which isn't good news for me, but 
Because the optimist thought tomorrow would be the day that they'll be free. I'm going to get out tomorrow and then the hopes, their optimism would be crushed. But hope is different. Hope is believing, ultimately in our case, that God will bring a new day. I don't know when, I don't know how, I don't know what it looks like. It doesn't have to be tomorrow or the next day or the day after that, but I'm going to cling to the hope because I know that God has a purpose, He has a plan, He has a destiny for me and He has a destiny for this church. And so I'm going to cling to that hope, not to the optimism that tomorrow will be the day. And let that be true of seasons of change in your life as well. Drifting can stink. It can seem to go on forever, but there will be a new day. And so, beware the drifting. Beware of that loss of hope. Be, beware of the sense of a loss of direction. Be, beware of impatience. Be, be well, aware of your world shrinking. Beware of fearing that God's forgotten. Beware of that sense of not making any progress. Beware of that. And instead, remember that God remembers. And when God remembers, it's about our purpose and Him taking action. Keep sending out and receiving doves, praying and listening to what the Holy Spirit's saying and cling to hope. A new day will come. Amen. I'm going to pray and then we're going to worship together and conclude. And so, Heavenly Father, we we pray thanks that you are with us through every moment, including seasons of change. And so we thank you for the lessons that we're gleaning from Noah about change in this season, but we thank you above all else that you are with us. As we navigate change, we pray that you would be our compass, that you would be our guide. And we do pray that you would remember us in this change that is coming for myself and my family and for the church. We pray that you would remember us. And we pray that knowing that you cannot possibly forget. But we do pray that you would act. We, we pray that your Holy Spirit would hover over every part of us, would blow through every part of us. In your time and in your season, we pray that you would bring an answer, that you would bring resolution. Father, put within us a spirit. Let this season be a season where this church family learns a new urgency in prayer. As we keep sending out prayers and listening to what the Spirit is saying, I pray that this season that you would use it for this church, this time of uh, drifting that is to come between what was and what will be. Not that it will be without purpose, Lord. That's not what I mean. But I pray that it would be a season in which one of the purposes would be that we would learn to pray 
and that we would learn to listen in a new way, in a deeper way. Father, and by your spirit, help us to cling to hope. Help us to cling resolutely to the hope that a new day is coming in which there will be fruitfulness and multiplication. Just before we sing, just take a moment in your hearts to pray, to listen to what the Spirit is saying. Let's just pause for a moment. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you that just as you were present in creation, hovering over the waters of the earth, just as you were present in the story of Noah's Ark, blowing over the earth, drying it, just as you were present, poured out on the day of Pentecost on all flesh, we thank you that you were just as present here. Thank you for your presence, Holy Spirit. May you be poured out afresh on this church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in His Word, stay in His love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.